I was reading this uh, report. It was from an old audit back in 2021. It was the objective was to um, figure out how they can reduce corrosion hours f- or see how effective corrosion out, uh, prevention is for certain programs. And the article went on saying that the organization they did the survey on did so horribly <laughs> with their corrosion prevention that not only were they still having corrosion damage, they found out that this said organization was, let's say, pencil whipping those inspections. <laughs> and pencil whipping pencil whipping <laughs> what? that's not a thing Come Say on, it so. don't, lie. don't lie to the listeners what no <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to make matters even more fun is the air the environment they were operating in is a very humid uh salt water uh heavy environment right or moisture heavy environment so that just breeds corrosion it's about the same as an infection would for the unversed or the people who are just barely coming into aviation or have a minimal understanding about um, metals. Uh, corrosion is probably one of the most ongoing battles you will ever have <laughs> in anything aviation. It, Especially if you work in the uh, salt, salty air environment. Yes. Uh I can't remember who who we were talking to. It was someone on Instagram where they were talking about like how um, in depth and how intense uh, coastline inspections are for helicopters, and that that struck a nerve in my head because I remember just even working near the water. Uh, all your inspections, whatever their schedule time is, now you just cut those in half. So instead of say like fourteen day inspections, now they're seven, uh, or if they're fifty hour inspections, now they're twenty five. And it doesn't sound like much, but if you considering how how much you're flying and how much you're doing stuff, they'll they'll eat up those hours quick. Uh, especially like say if you're in a heavy lift uh, aircraft environment, twenty five hours is like no big deal to them. They'll go they'll bounce from one end of the country to the next and hit twenty five hours no problem. And then by the time they get down, now they're down for the next three to five days. <laughs> yeah, I just think about all the big airliners that are spend their days crossing the Pacific, right? Yes. <clears throat> Heading out of LAX, SFO, or Seattle, or even Vancouver, and be bopping across to Hawaii or, or beyond over to Philippines or Japan or Korea. And, and they'll do that. They'll, they'll hop over there 16 hours and turn around and hop back. Uh, so you can see in the span of, of two days of flying, two and a half days of flying, you fit your 25 hours. I mean, and that's, that's, uh, those are crucial times for airlines, right? Hey, if, if the bird's not in the air, it's not making money. It's just an overgrown paperweight. Yes. So, so to tie back in with what six was saying about pencil whipping, you can see why people might. Pencil whip. Okay, we have to do this every twenty five every twenty five hours. Holy cow! Uh, but yet you've got ops breathing down your neck. Uh, when am I getting my bird back? When am I getting my bird back? Uh, we're costing too much money on this, but it's a it's a requirement to do right mm-hmm. for the the safe operation, the continued safe operation of the air uh, aircraft. So so with all those added pressures, and and all of us have experienced it, I think. Uh, faster, faster for less, do more with less. 
um, you know, you're out there with alcohol, scotch, bright popsicle sticks and everything, just scraping away and, and sanding off. And then, you know, allodining bare metal, uh, uh, sloppily and as fast as you can, just to get that thing out of the, uh, hanger and back onto the, back onto the ramp. Right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, so you can see why it's appetizing for people to just, ah, it's, we just did this two and a half days ago. How bad is it really? Sign that, you know, sign that off and, and kick it out the door. Right. Or, or sometimes they'll fall back and say like, uh, well, they they do a once over inspection or like, we'll catch it on the once over inspection before it actually flies out. Right. Which, yeah. But let, let's think about it. Like if you're just doing a once over, you're kind of not looking as hard. I mean, you, you have those individuals who say like, no, man, like I look at that thing as it, uh, or my once over is just as in depth as my, my deep dive or something like that. True. True. I mean, that may be your mindset. Like, and I appreciate that if someone actually has that kind of, uh, pattern where they can just look at aircraft, like, okay, this is how I'm going to zigzag through this aircraft to make sure I hit all my inspection points. It happens. You kind of develop that over time. Like, this is how I'm going to split the aircraft apart to do what's necessary. But <laughs> uh, when it's a deep dive, you have anywhere from a day to a couple of days to do this inspection versus like, say, a pre-flight or, or a, a once over. You got like maybe a two, uh, 30 minute turn- turnaround to get this in and out the door for the next flight. I don't know how fast people are. But 30 minutes is not a long time at all for you to do an, uh, an inspection that says this con- this is conditionally safe to fly and not miss a single thing, right? Or or they'll have like limits, right? Like, uh, it's fine, <laughs> right? Or, um, yeah. or it's um, broken up into phases. Okay, on this, at this 25 hour mark, you're looking at uh, nose and, and main landing gear, um, which you know, oh my gosh, that that's just so much in and of itself. Anybody who spent time in the gear well of a of a larger plane knows that it's more than just the gear, you know, the struts and the axles. Uh, you're looking at wheels. You're looking at all the ex- exposed fuel and hydro lines that run across those the interior of those bays. Um, and for those of you who who don't know, imagine. Imagine taking just spaghetti and throwing it on the ground and however it lays, that's kind of what it looks like in there. It's just, <laughs> just lines running everywhere. Just a, just a glop of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, that's, that's great that you mentioned that, uh, especially of all those bare parts uh, that which kind of like goes into like a corrosion tip for us. If it shines like at all, if it shines at all, it's going to corrode period. <laughs> Right. If it shines at all and isn't the strut, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna corrode, right? You well, better halodyne like, it. Like, but six what about it? What if it's shiny paint? Like you be surprised. <laughs> you will be surprised. And well that's that's very interesting you bring that up because I have seen before, I think I was down in Houston working a jet, and I was looking at the paint and I was like it was an older aircraft, so the paint was all kind of rough on it. Yeah. But corrosion had started developing in the pores of the paint. Like it had seeped down through the pores to the bare metal and then had corroded itself back out of that. Eesh. <laughs> I was like, it's like, you know, a moss grows on something. It was kind of like that. You're like, how the hell, how did this even get here? 
you know? right right no <laughs> and go goes to say right if it shines it can ru- it can corrode and especially if it's uh exposed like if it's exposed to the elements like it it has a high chance of getting uh water intrusion or some kind of fluid intrusion it's gonna corrode uh, especially if they're uh dissimilar metals like uh metals that just not they just naturally act when they're next to each other uh, we can go into the science of that but i mean i'm not gonna get all nerdy with it but more or less like if if they're dissimilar metals like they're prone to react to each other and there's a way for moisture to seep in there any kind of moisture it's gonna corrode like guaranteed uh, and then there you are with your little uh, uh wire toothbrush and a can of uh corrosion x or ardrox scrubbing away and spraying at it just to keep the rust from going <laughs> you know, yeah it, i mean literal hundreds of hours i think we've all spent just yep. going over the same the same surface even yep and i, th- and I think that's where the pencil whipping kind of happens because uh whenever um like whoever is in charge of the maintenance allocation hours, they'll say, Hey, we need to allocate this much time to corrosion treatment and corrosion prevention. Right. And sometimes these hours are like outrageous. Like uh, we need to have 800 corrosion prevention hours this month. I'm like, how the fuck are we going to do that? Right. So you'll see like one guy with, or a couple guys with their uh, scrubbing brushes and their can of Ardrox or corrosion X and just go on to like, they're pretty much like scraping off the, the film that they laid up and spraying it back on again just to account for those hours, right? And then they themselves will say like, oh, we'll catch this on the next uh, condition inspection of the aircraft or whatever the case may be. And that kind of leads into the more of the pencil whipping of stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's, it, um, you know, you're going to be up in there with a, a, a tub of alcohol and just soaking everything. Yep. And it's scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing and, and, and all that. But, you know, there's limits to everything, right? Because there's some stuff. we've I think we've all seen the corrosion. You get up in there and you're like, look, so much is corroded, I, especially on the older birds. And you're like, I don't know. Like, let's face it. For this to be done right, it needs to be sent back to OEM, stripped, and then and then reprimed and painted. Right. Like, that's just, it, you know. Like uh, the Mandalorian, this is the way. <laughs> uh, you know, so, but <clears throat> obviously not cost effective to uh, an operator to do that once a year. So that's why they have these ind- limits and individual inspections to try to postpone it to maybe every five years or something like that. If it's the B-2 bomber, uh, it comes, it comes, is it once a year, six, I think it's stripped. Uh, no, once a year they bring one of them back and it spends a whole year getting gutted stripped and gutted down to the bare frame everything inspected tested looked at re re-gutted and then and then built back up but it takes an entire year for that to happen uh, that's a big plane too by the way man i mean and there's some secret squirrel stuff in there too so i'm assuring that's factored into the mix but yeah, based on the Air Force's inspection scheme of it, I want to say at least at least a year, some somewhere at least a year. And it all depends on how much it's flying too. Um, but yeah, and then uh, like we were saying with like, say if it's going through coastlines or if it's going through the Pacific Ocean, that's a whole lot of moisture that thing's just going to suck right up and just wreak havoc on all the bare parts or, or, or the non-protected uh, parts 
uh, for it to corrode. And you'd be amazed as how much moisture can just seep into places. Uh, I, I remember like doing inspections on certain aircraft. I'm like, how the hell is this rusting? Like it's not in the open, it's, it's paneled up. It's in a cl- enclosed space, but it's rust, but it's a uh, corroding. Like how the hell did this happen? <laughs> and it's, yeah, and it's just that humidity is no joke. Yeah. And especially in certain areas, like say like uh, in Hawaii or Malaysia, there it's so humid there that the humidity will actually fuck with your gauges, right? It will start messing up with how your, your aircraft reads, how high it's going and how fast it's going. So that corrosion stuff, it really plays a factor, especially in that prevention piece. Again, like uh, if it shines, if it, if it shines in any way, shape or form, it can, it can and will corrode. <laughs> and that's another thing you got to kind of factor in when you're going to, into uh, high moisture environments or high humidity environments is um, what are you, uh, what is your maintenance schedule going to look like once you're there? Cause, and if you don't have a plan for that, you might want to start. <laughs> and for the most place, uh, most cases um, OEMs have some kind of uh, inspection for that. Like uh, half your inspections times or, or, or split it up into steps and phases or you have to use these certain tools or you have to use these certain parts for these areas or uh, certain uh, corrosion preventatives like uh, Corrosion X or Ardrox or some type of corrosion preventative film or paint, stuff like that. Cosmoline, if it's for the engines. Yes, that's it. Uh, I was like, oh, what's that other one? No, like it, it was at the tip of my head. I just couldn't figure it out. But though, those are definitely things you personally need to factor in, especially for corrosion. And if you're going to place high humidity areas like, say, Hawaii or Malaysia or anywhere in the Pacific where you're just surrounded by water, it's going to be a fun time for you. <laughs> it really, it really is. Well, so, so, yeah, so you've spent a lot of time in your life in, let's just face it, hot, humid, salty environments. Um, what was some of the worst corrosion you've experienced, you know? in that time, I mean, uh, I have to lean on you. Cause I, I grew up, I, I grew up in a place where, I mean, we had, it was humid and we had moisture and they put salt on the roads. So the, the, mm-hmm. the, the vehicle suffered, but I don't know how much the aircraft suffered. Probably uh, a decent amount. I imagine. Uh, well, you know what they would put spray all that. I don't know how, how corrosive it is either, but, uh, like a glycol, like the anti icing stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how corrosive that is anymore. I'm sure they've, change the formula around I'm right not, so uh so as bad so the the most uh significant corrosion that i've seen was actually inside the engine itself like uh, a lot of moisture seeped into the engine as it's turning and for whatever reason or another the individuals that were um taking care of this aircraft they didn't you didn't perform like a desalinization rinse um if you're working in areas like this, like there has to be some kind of way to flush uh, the the engine with fresh uh, demineralized water. So it kind of flushes out whatever hanging salt uh, that it sucked in from, from its flight time. And the funny part is like uh, some of these uh, desalinization kits, they look like super soaker packs. You know what I mean? Like those old eight nineties uh, toys where kids carry like a backpack and it has a gun at the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks just like that, man. I swear it's the funniest shit ever. And we used to uh, call it the ghostbuster packs. Cause 
it looked exactly like that. And here's a dude just with a little squirt gun with a backpack, pretty much like a camel bag with a squirt gun at the end of it, just spraying uh, uh, demineralized demineralized water into the engine <laughs> as it's turning. But um, uh, one of the worst ones I've seen was in the engine, and it corroded so much that the 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 blade, the compressor blades, were starting to chip off because of uh, because of corrosion. Because it was scraping the outer, uh, outer uh, casing. Yeah. So like a lot of like salt buildup was coming in. It started to rust, and then to top on motion, friction, and heat, and the heat from the engine itself. Now you're getting heat induced corrosion. Now you're getting all those, uh, um, all those other different forms like pitting and stuff like that, just like eating away at these blades. Luckily, we caught it in time to do something about it, like replace the engine and not have catastrophic failure, but. Uh, we first started noticing that it was having this issue because it started having a drop in power. Like uh, it wasn't uh, providing enough air to get a solid combustion. And we're like, why is this having such problems? Uh, we did some preventative measures like do a, a full engine wash with aircraft soap or engine soap. And it was, it was fine for a little bit, but then, then it still had the same problem. And then once we did the Borsco, we found out that the 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 blades inside the engine were actually starting to corrode through. Like, okay, <laughs> time to move on. Um, I've also seen um, like aluminum corrode in those environments, um, like pitting. Does little? Uh, it looks kind of like talc powder or chalk almost when um, when uh, when aluminum starts to corrode, and then. Um, cars especially or any or anything that's like not cars but uh gsc the chassis of them will start to corrode through <laughs> um, and you can kind of sort of feel it you'll have like this extra bounce to it I'm like what the hell's going on with this thing and you look under the under the chassis and it's and it's completely orange from all the rust <laughs> oh my yeah it gets bad especially in those areas like like i'm saying like if moisture can find its way in it's gonna corrode and example was the engine Luckily, we didn't find anything else crazy, uh, but that's uh, another reason why you got to take this stuff serious with uh, the corrosion preventative uh, compounds that you use, whether it be Corrosion-X, Ardrox, or whatever the case may be, or paint, and using the right paint too, because I've seen some people where they uh, they just kind of scrub the rust a little bit, and then they paint over it, which... <laughs> It's just going to, it's just going to peel off because you didn't prep it. Right. But whatever, right. Whatever gets the plane uh, uh, up and going. I may or may not have painted over some corroded hardware that I found and, and sanded off the corrosion and then use nail polish of a similar (laughs) color to paint over it in times of need on the road. (laughs) I'm actually picturing that with like a nail polish, like the the brush that comes with a nail polish kit. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. My toolbox had three little slots and I had red paint blue or four slots. I had white, red, blue, and black. And, uh, <laughs> and I got to tell you, um, as my lead at the time said, you know, some paints better than no paint. So. Okay. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> is it one of those acrylic ones, you know, so it has some kind of protection. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it did. It was like, huh. like a hardener in here. Huh. Well, there we go. <laughs> if it ha- absolutely has to fly, like has to, has to, has to, 
uh, a little bit is okay. <laughs> yeah, I would only recommend it for like if you're doing every screw on a panel. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But if it's one on there and it's a non-stress panel, you're probably safe. Yeah, it's like as I get fancy with it, man. You know, <laughs> get, get fancy. He's sitting with out it. there doing the doing the nails of the plane. <laughs> I picture that you know you gotta you gotta talk talk to it like you're at a nail salon too right like yeah so how you doing how you doing why you don't have girlfriend yeah it's because or why you don't have no boyfriend this is why don't worry I help you five dollar more <laughs> Angela Johnson sketch oh my yeah. yeah but doing that with an aircraft <laughs> that would be hilarious you know <laughs> you know additionally uh we've all cut our cut ourselves while working piece of safety wire zip tie cotter pin you name it and you get you get blood on on those metal surfaces uh you got to get that off pretty quick obviously patch yourself up but don't forget to go back and wipe off that blood uh maybe you realize it maybe you don't but you know, blood is super corrosive. Uh, why? You got iron in your blood, so yes, um, it, it'll do some damage. Yes. Oh, and certain part, certain aircraft, whatever their their parts are made of, they're super prone to corrosion. Like uh, I forget what metal it is or what kind of uh, metallic coating it is, but it's very sensitive to the oils on your hands. So, like, if you were to touch it, like just barehanded. Uh, within a certain period of time, it's gonna have a. It's gonna have like corrosion in the shape of your hand <laughs> uh, so it might go even go as far as like having parts of your fingerprints on it but it's that sensitive so be mindful what you're touching and what they're what uh, causes them to corrode too uh, i don't see why you would be touching parts like that barehanded i'm pretty sure it's pretty obvious uh that certain things like that will corrode like that but just thought i'd make that mention too because <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember, uh, it was actually a mast for a helicopter that there's a part of the mast that goes into the transmission itself. It's like a very shiny, uh, uh, piece of metal. And it, it's like, even cautions all over the place says, do not touch this with your bare hands. And so of course there's always going to be that one new kid is like, why can't I touch it? it like, well, cause you'll, you'll corrode a uh impression of your handprint on that metal. <laughs> I like I was like, I wonder if that really works, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm the dumb kid that would think that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with corrosion and stuff, you don't want to play with it. And especially if you're in environments like say uh seafaring areas or uh water um heavy area or moisture heavy areas, that uh, that's that stuff is nasty. It it'll it'll fuck you up. <laughs> Or it'll make things so much worse if you just did it right the first time. <clears throat> yeah, but as we all know, the schedule and everything being being driven. Of course, you know, you head out to some of those remote islands there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and for whatever reason, oh, we got an inspection due. Chances of you having what you need on that island to properly address the corrosion is is going to be slim to none, I I bet. Very slim, yes. Uh, and then also you got to kind of factor it like, since we're talking about islands, like, uh, certain, uh, island countries, they have very strict environmental rules, right? Like, uh, for Hawaii, for instance, like, uh, you can't, if it's not water, you can't dump it on the ground period. Right. Or, um, uh, 
if it's fuel, it has to be one of those clean burning ones where like it has to consume its own waste or something like that. Yeah, um, we call them EPA cans, but yeah, it basically puts it into a little catch can, and then as you when you go to start the next time, it'll use some bleed pressure and push that that waste fuel from the last shutdown into the fuel used for ignition on the next one. Right. Yep. So you got to be very considerate about that too. It's like depending on what which uh if you're go if you're tra- transitioning to islands it, that factors into now if it's just like some ra- random rock in the middle of nowhere i mean chances are if you have to land there or pass through there it's going to be pretty uh pretty what, rough what do, you, what do you know about <laughs> random rocks in the middle of nowhere <laughs> the, the, the rocks and the random <laughs> and they're middle of nowhere i've seen movies man <laughs> what's that one tv show lost lost that's it yeah <laughs> random island with absolutely nobody in it but you're in like this bermuda triangle of of looped events <laughs> <laughs> oh man good times uh but yeah, yeah. Cor- i have to say corrosion uh i mean that's typically an air framers well, if you're, you know, if you're a mechanic, I mean, everybody's going to do everything. But, uh, you know, typically it would be your airframe specialties that are going to come out and evaluate and and take care of. I guess maybe that's more of if you're in the military unit. Yeah. Or or, or uh, un- this kind of just popped in my head with uh, the electronics of stuff because it's uh, it generates its own moisture. <laughs> Right. Or I wouldn't say it generates moisture, but like uh, moisture is very prone to happen in those areas, um, especially like with uh, connector plugs or um, high heat or high heat producing um, uh, components. Those are very prone to corrosion. And uh, if you're not familiar with how that equipment works, it will get fucked up real fast. And then uh, likewise with like how... Um, it can start messing with your gauges depending on what that component is can start messing up with a lot more sensitive systems that would probably take you the better part of a couple of days to get that troubleshot correctly. So um, that's another thing too. And that, that can be a whole slew of layers itself is with electronics, like especially if they're high heat producing, like they kick, they have to suck in a lot of air and they produce a lot of heat. They will generate, well, I won't say generate, but, uh, moisture is very prone in those areas. Like say uh, uh, in the static, the, st- the pitot static area, um, the static ports, uh, they a lot of moisture passes through the area, a lot of condensation passes there. So it's very prone to rust or corrosion. I'm sorry, not just rust. Uh, the connector plugs that plug into um, electronics or components, they're very prone to rust too. And being familiar with how to treat them is especially is especially a thing so it's not just the fasteners or the struts or like uh exposed parts like it's also areas that uh that pretty much draw moisture or they're very prone to um have moisture accumulate in them and if you're unfamiliar with how to treat these corrosions you could actually damage these parts uh in in the process of trying to figure out how to fix it <laughs> or remove the corrosion um uh, mvp said this earlier through the episode like uh, sometimes things are within limits and um, the the um, the severity of the corrosion kind of depends on what the part is or where, where it's at. But generally, if it's like a bright orange, that's kind of like a clear sign. Like, yeah, we should probably do something about this. 
Yeah. Uh, like I said, your manual is going to have all sorts of type of limits and you're going to have, <clears throat> ex, you know, acceptable. And then you're going to have areas that it's just absolute zero. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I mean, there, there there's so many things you can go about it. And it's really just based on like your ability to spot it, your ability to know, to recognize it, what kind of corrosion it is. Cause there's very different types and how to how to best treat it and that as mvp said like the best way to figure that out is to just consult your manuals always default to the manuals and if it's very vague and then find somebody who who is seasoned enough to help you out with this be it another mechanic your boss an engineer somebody somebody's gonna is gonna know uh some ins and outs about how to treat that but you know, let's face it. If you're if you're on the line and you're turning and burning, and you got a couple cotter pins that are slightly rusty, or uh, a screw head, or small surface on on an angle bracket, or something like that, you know, yeah, you're you're gonna put lipstick on a pig at that point. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, uh, controls not not pulling that one off the line, not uh, off of a revenue flight to. Uh, to replace one screw and a cotter pin. It's just not going to happen. That's very or true. Or they're going to say, or they're going to say that's common stock. You got 30 minutes on this turnaround while we're fueling de deplaning and replaning, uh, to get those swapped out. So, you know, pitter patter. <laughs> that's very, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, again, a lot of this stuff, uh, is very, is based on schedule. As MVP said, like when you're turning a burning, depending on the, on uh, the frequency of your flights, how long they are and how much money is being made off of it. Decisions will be made. Right. And, and again, but it all has to be within limits to a certain degree. Right. We, we, we all recognize that. Yeah. Um, anything else to add on the, on corrosion or anything else MVP? No. Um, I think we've pretty much kind of covered it all. I mean, we could maybe go in, in depth a little bit on some, you know, the corrosion types, right? Because mm -hmm. some people might not not know what all types. All they think of is the, the rust they had on their car. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know if people are interested in that uh, or not. Uh, yeah, let us know. Like, uh, do you guys want to know what kind of corrosion there are? What areas are most prone to, to certain types? Uh, I think for corrosion, for that type of uh, uh, awareness, it it's very good to like uh, show you, right? Because sometimes you have ones that look very close together, but they're slightly different. Uh, or uh, one is signs of another one, if that makes any sort of sense. So, um, but def but let us know. Like, uh, do you want us to deep dive more into what types of corrosion there are and what areas that, uh, each type is most prone to be at? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, stress corrosion cracking, Mm -hmm. Intergranular metal uh, crevice, right? For when you get like uh, overlapping of metals, but maybe the paint or sealant's worn out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, moisture and such and dirt get in there and and then you start eating itself from the inside out. And then, you know, obviously pitting. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, pitting's not fun, especially on metals where they don't, they don't show signs of it until it's like well past the limit, well within the, 
the concern well, limit. <laughs> like, well, uh, what's crazy is like you might not notice, and you're looking at it because it's still got paint on it, and you, yeah, you know, there was a small crack in the paint, and it started, like I said, eating itself from the inside of the paint, the shell of the paint, and you're like, the paint's all, well, it's pity, you know, it's pitted looking. Yep. And then you scrape it off, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a significant amount of material missing from the metal underneath. Right. And, or like you scrape it off and parts of the metal comes off like, Ooh, no, boy, yeah, <laughs> this is not, good. not good. Ooh. And especially, and usually with ones that do pit, it's, it kind of makes like this powdery substance and it's probably stuff you shouldn't be breathing in. So like, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Nobody should be breathing in rust dust. Like moving away from this now. <laughs> Exit stage right. <laughs> But def, but most definitely, let us know. Like, let us know what kind of corrosion, or if you want us to ex- uh, expand a little bit more on the types, where they're prone to, what they look like, uh, what certain metals are to, are prone to receive certain types of corrosion. Because it's not, as MVP said, it's not just rust. There's a whole slew of them, and some you won't even realize until it's well past the point of concern. It's now an issue. <laughs> so. By all means, let us know. Hit us up on the social medias. Uh, hit us up on our website. Send us an email. Uh, patrons, hit us up on Discord. That's probably like the best way to get a hold of us is to be a patron and join our Discord. Uh, speaking of which, with Patreon, uh, we're, we received a new patron. And he's on one of the more top tiers. Uh, Mr. Kilman is a new patron. Thank you for your patronage and your support. Uh, as for all our patrons, we and expect- your long hair, your long, and- <laughs> your long, voluptuous red hair. <laughs> voluptuous red hair. <laughs> and to all our patrons, uh, I, uh, thank you for your support, your patronage, all our listeners out there, wherever you are in the world. We uh, appreciate you all for listening. We appreciate you all for supporting and tuning into us, providing us feedback. And just making this stuff fun because without all of you, this stuff wouldn't be happening or wouldn't be as fun as it is. Uh, we released an episode about our behind the scenes of how this whole mess came about. And we never saw ourselves getting this far and it would never have happened without each and every single one of you. So thank you all for that. And for our new patron, Mr. Kilman, thank you again. And again, um, the best way to get a hold of us uh, either to our website, to our emails, or be a patron and join us on Discord. That is the absolute best way to see us. Uh, we look forward to hearing from all of you, uh, interacting with you, and maybe someday we'll be at live events to see you all at some point. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the ultimate goal. That would be. We'll see where it takes us. We're one step at a time. We're getting there. We're the we're the slow moving tug. You know, <laughs> takes a while. <laughs> we're cold starting our way through the line. You know. <laughs> We're a diesel. We're a diesel in Alaska in, in February. <laughs> so when there's no glow plug uh, warmers either, I'm like it's gonna kind of just motor on through it to see which one goes out, gives out first, the gas or the gas flooding or the the car ba- or the battery dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> on that note, thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye, everybody. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, 
Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at C-X-M-X Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.